Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 69 of the Oka Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Joshua Unruh. And I'm Devin Green. And I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm so excited we got the band back together. It's so <laughs> great to have all of you here. Also, this no juvenile giggling at the, uh, <laughs> at the episode number. I wrecked it. I wrecked it. You wrecked it. You sat there. I made Nikki giggle. Door opens, walks in. (laughs) I didn't even go there. Nikki did. That's okay. Of course I did. Yeah. Um, Our guest this week is Rob Sturma. He is the editor in chief of a pop culture literary (coughs) journal known as Freeze Ray. (laughs) Rob, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Tell and us. I did giggle as well. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. We, we connected. I saw you yeah. look over and I was like, yeah. Uh, there was made it better. <laughs> There's a reason that I was saying my name looking like in the corner. <laughs> he sold it together. Look like a grown up. Poker face. Poker and we're face. back. I will be back for episode 420 as well. Yes. Oh, Excellent. <laughs> it's on the books. Yeah. I love that idea that we could actually be up to episode 420 at some yeah, point. Yeah. That's fabulous. Rob, tell us about uh, the f- Freeze Ray. Tell us, tell us what this is about. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Freeze Ray is a, kind of a passion project that I've had going for the last three years. Um, and basically, it is, uh, it's a literary journal that's comprised completely of pop culture-based uh, subject material, a subject matter. Uh, so when I started, it was primarily poetry because that's the that's my milieu. That's what I've been doing uh, on and off, both uh, written and performance for like the last uh, 12 years or so. Um, so that's what I was comfortable with. But we've kind of since expanded. We we do some fiction, not so much like fanfic so much as, as uh, just kind of like short fiction that does incorporate pop culture uh, elements. And then we also do uh, like art spotlights as well, just kind of highlighting a lot of the some of the cool, you know, art and stuff that you see on DeviantArt or some of the, you know, the more kind of fan-oriented sites. Uh, but yeah, we've been I've been doing it for three years now. Uh, I've got an editorial staff of about four or five people who help me uh, wade through that stuff. Um, and uh, what I really appreciate about what's what we've kind of evolved the journal into, because there's a there's hundreds and hundreds of literary journals out there, uh, especially online. And uh, so my idea of just kind of doing uh, more or less a nerd themed (laughs) journal uh, was appealing to me because I'm like, well, I know what I'm passionate about. I know the kind of subject matter that I'm passionate about. And uh, I think the thing that I've really liked and I I really have to uh, give a lot of kudos to my editorial staff, which is uh, very diverse in race, gender and sexuality, is that we've become kind of not only a pop culture journal, but a journal that... uh, very much reflects a lot of underrepresented voices in literature, which I'm super psyched about. Like, as a as a old straight white guy, I can't some necessarily mandate that, but you kind of hope that uh, mm-hmm. that you can attract that kind of readership. And uh, and a lot of it, like I said, has to do with my my uh, my staff being uh, being not me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, being able to kind of like you know. Uh, give different opinions and target kind of different different uh, uh, niches that I, I can't necessarily, that I don't necessarily have uh, the, the you know, the door into, um, mm-hmm. which is great because now these dialogues have kind of opened up and now we can kind of talk about, we can have people who write poems or, or, or essays or what have you about underrepresentation in media and things like that. And, you know, and a lot of, I think, 
the the best work we get is when someone kind of says, okay, this is a thing that's dear to me, like say, I don't know, Pokemon or Green Lantern or what have you. And here is why it's uh, uh, dear to me because of my own life experiences and what I bring to it and what, you know, what I see of myself in it. So that's, mm. if we can kind of keep that going, keep that, uh, uh, that kind of diversity through pop culture uh, message, you know, there, that then, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Applaud that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Where can people get, is it, is it just an online journal or is there a physical journal that people can? Yeah. Um, as of now, it's, it's all online. We've got uh, 11 issues out. We're getting ready to do issue 12 right now. We're in the, in the process of finishing up submissions at the end of the month. And uh, actually issue 12 is dedicated to the work of women and non and non-binary writers as well. Um, so it's even, even uh, more narrow uh, focus. But we've done that. Uh, we did that last year. Uh, we have basically I've got we've got two uh, female identified editors who take over for that issue, and they kind of run the thing and kind of you know. And then we basically my my only uh, role in that particular thing is just to go through the submissions, make sure that there's no kind of cishet dudes who are trying to uh you know don't read the instructions and try to get their work in mm-hmm. um it's amazing because it happens about four or five times during a submission period where it's just for women or for women basically for non-male identified writers uh every male identified writer who tends to put a submission in that inbox also doesn't contribute anything that has anything to do with pop culture or any nerdy subjects because they haven't read the instructions nice. twice. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Yeah. So it's you always miss, fun to kind of... Both those things. Rock yeah. solid research I, skills. I fellas. usually hate sending rejection letters. It's like the worst part of, of you know, any submission process for, for me as an editor. But I love sending those rejection letters. <laughs> I was going to say, you that's got to be a joy. You didn't even try to that's read right. the Yeah. I have Ergo. a very special but diplomatic form letter for those. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was already nicer than the one I was going to make up, which was, right. you aren't going to read this anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but BT dubs, you're rejected. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's going to be one of the hardest sweet. parts of being an editor in, in, in normal circumstances, not like that, but just maybe having to, because there's only so much you can put in that, yeah. you know, maybe it just doesn't work for you. That's got to be hard to send to anybody in, in normal circumstances. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I find um, as, as somebody who's looking at everything that's coming in is, and, and, and I came up in slam and performance poetry. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty aware of kind of usually where a writer is based on kind of the, the language they're using or or you know how they're kind of identifying with things and whatnot and to see someone who 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 submits something that you can tell they're super passionate about and they're putting their entire heart and soul into but it just doesn't quite measure up to what the rest of the standard of of that particular mm-hmm. issue um, and my, you know, my editors are pretty tough about, you know, what they, what they will and won't put in there. I and mean, they, they definitely want to keep, uh, our, our reputation at a certain level, uh, as far as, you know, good quality literature. Like it doesn't, if it happens to be about the walking dead or it happens to be about, you know, uh, uh, green arrow or what have you, so be it. But more importantly, we want to make sure that you can read this and go, Oh, you know, this is a good poem. This, mm-hmm. you know, this touched me as a piece of art first and foremost. And so. if there's too much also, if you're doing an episode just on women and there's three poems on Batwoman, 
Yeah. Well, you know, well, you can't put all three of them in, and so it's it's sometimes you've got to just look at whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm just saying. I'm, no, I'm all into an all that woman. I was going to say, like, I, I just threw that one out there. <laughs> that, that was I'm, really, I'm gonna I'm gonna that throw that out for bonus episode, like issue thirteen, like maybe uh, a, all that one. Twelve A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the twelve all A. That. Twelve. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, twelve B point two. Twelve B for bad. One. Ooh. <laughs> I'm super clever, he's you guys. On, he's on fire well, this morning. One of my editors is a huge Batwoman, Mark, so that might be something to bring just up saying. there. Anyway. Maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe a bonus. Mm. Maybe, a, maybe a Patreon. I don't know if you do a Patreon, maybe a Patreon only. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> just, just, I'm just all Batwoman all these episode. ideas out. That's just entirely all possible. All Batwoman all the time. Yeah. Just for that one. Yeah, if if DC would be on board, I would uh, I would totally totally do that. That's that's the other weird thing about having a completely nerd based uh, subject matter is when you're doing anything that has to do with the art or, or anything like that. I've got to be real careful with copyright issues. Yeah, um, I do have a print offshoot of a Freeze Ray that we we have a few books out at this point. Just Freeze Ray Press because I'm not original. Um, no, 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 no. That's no. rock solid branding. Now branding. we know where to find all the things. Period. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the first book that we put out was a chapbook. Uh, a chapbook is just basically a, just a book of poems, usually themed. Uh, and this chapbook was based on the, the music of the musician St. Vincent. And oh. Uh, oh. this is called Fake Knife. We're real excited about it. Uh, we got it together and the book itself it went great. What I did... What I was doing when we launched the press was uh, my thought was I was going to do a series of trading cards, like limited edition trading cards, one with each book to kind of like, hey, if you're, you know, if you're an early backer or you're doing these pre-orders, you'll get this special thing that no one else will get. So I got an incredible uh, artist friend of mine, David Elion, who also designed a cover for another book that I did. Um, and uh, he did, he mocked up this great St. Vincent trading card. It looked just like the old Topps 1950s you know, science fiction. Cool. I'm doing things with my hands that I realize that are... We do that all the time. We do it all the time. Um, but the great kind of like uh, campy border and the whole thing and a yeah. great caricature of, uh, of uh, uh, Annie Clark in full, you know, kind of shock white St. Vincent yeah. hair. And we put stats on the back like a baseball card that I had the, <laughs> the author of the chapbook make up. And... Uh, and we sent those out and felt really good about them, got a lot of good feedback. And about a week and a half later, I got an email from the lawyer from St. Vincent. <gasps> oh, no. And Annie Clark, basically, because it's her likeness and it wasn't authorized, even though we weren't charging for it. Right. It was a free thing. Uh, it wasn't authorized by her, by her, uh, you know, her folks. And we had to we basically got a cease and desist. desist. I'm like, oh, but oh, it's so cool. But it's so neat. Kenny, can we can we can we get permission now? Right. Can we, like, can we, yeah. can we, can we, hey, I'm really sorry. Can we call her now? How yeah. about now? You know? I, uh, I mean, it was weird because I'm like, I don't even know how to send an email back to a lawyer other than sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, these, are, you know, I'm married to one, and that's all I ever do to her emails. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's fair. I I further indemnify myself from any and all <laughs> gobbledygook. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, you know that's that's uh, that's part of the learning curve, really, of yeah. uh, figuring out how to how to best rep. Because I've been, you know, a card carrying nerd before. <laughs> it was, I guess, kind of cool or in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, so it's always difficult to kind of like rep your brand without, you know, 
repping someone else's treading, brand. Yeah. yeah, treading on yeah. someone else's yeah, yeah. property. Territory. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when you send your, for lack of a better word, rejection letters, mm -hmm. do you ever include um, feedback as far as, hey, this was, you know, this met A, B, and C criteria, this this needs work or this, you know, you know, this would be, you know, maybe look at something like, right. Like this, it, as far as like, this is what we're looking for. Or even maybe you need work on A, B or C. Yeah. Um, it Do you even have the time? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it really kind of depends on the, on the, what the submission period is like. Um, a lot of stuff we get are people who are deep in the submission game. So they just kind of, and these are the same folks who may send us three or four poems, but they've also sent those same three or four poems to like three or four other places. Mm -hmm. And they're just rolling the dice and just wanting to get published, just wanting to rack up those credits. And that's one way to do it. Um, other times we do get younger writers who go, hey, well, it, specifically in their cover letter, we'll say, um, if you have any feedback or anything you'd like to, you know, I would really appreciate it. Sometimes you have the time to do that. Sometimes you don't. Um, I, a lot of what we do, unfortunately, when we have uh, deeper, deeper submission periods is I'll have to do a form letter, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. other than kind of going, I mean, the acceptances are usually the, the biggest uh, kind of exception we make to that, mainly because I just have to at least put your poem titles <coughs> in. I'm not just going to be like, we, you know, we, I, I know you sent us five things and we only really want these two. So mm -hmm. if I don't specifically say that, they're like, woohoo, I just got five poems accepted. I'm like, no, you didn't. Right. No. <laughs> but we really like these two. So we're going to use that Deadpool one and that one about Cubone. Thank you. Yeah. That's too specific not to be an actual example. <laughs> yeah, that was an actual. <laughs> that's from this past issue. Totally. And, uh, and the thing is, both poems are, uh, in my estimation, devastating, just really kind of gut punch, you know, you kind of look oh, at them, you're man. like, oh, great. It's about two things that, you know, bring you this joy and are kind of fun and da, 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 da. And uh, this particular poet, she she took the time and just uh, deconstructed both of those things and fit them back into her life, kind of what I wow. said before. Yeah. Um, I think I remember reading accidentally, because I'm not super into Pokemon, but reading Cubone's Deal. And it's yeah. Yeah. kind of effed up it's, yeah. yeah like it's yeah, yeah. It's so i can see where yeah. with very little with very little effort that mm -hmm. could be yeah i think the entire world of pokemon if you really went deep <laughs> don't think <laughs> can get do not yeah. think hard you, you about superpowered cockfighting thank you right. thank you if, if, if pokemon are the only animals then what are they eating for me <laughs> Dude, well, they you turn them into candy. Super powered cockfighting. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello. You turn them into the candy that you feed to other ones, so it's like a mad Pikachu disease. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. Like I said, don't scratch the surface. Meanwhile, you, you don't want you don't want to find it. Anyway, Meanwhile, in these things meant for children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I have deconstructed hey, Teletubbies. Man. And no, don't. that's oh, disturbing. Don't do, that. don't do that. There aren't yeah. enough moving parts. Anyway, that's that's a whole other. No. Yeah. It no. kind of blows my mind that you get so many submissions from one individual person. Because, like, I, we're writers. We're all mm -hmm. writers. Yeah. It's hard for me to get just one poetry out a week. Well, but once you have a finished piece, I know a lot of people. But who then I'd have guilt of submission. It's kind of like sending the same thing all the time. Right, submitting is kind of a can be a job. Into it's kind of like resumes. Yeah. Like I mean, mm -hmm. you it's the scatter shot. I know, I know people who do the scatter shot. 
you know, approach of, yeah. I, you know, I have a resume, send it everywhere you can. six or seven pieces, so just yeah. send them out to everyone. Send them out to everyone and just see what happens. Yeah. So, you know, I know it is to it, me, it's, it's a little um, weird too. Yeah. My, yeah. But it, it is a thing. Hmm. And hmm. as he as, as he witness, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as he witnesses every month. So. Well, and I think some people, some writers, kind of focus a lot more. Like I know a lot of the stuff that I've written about in the last five to ten years has focused a lot more on pop culture. Since I've become an editor of it, I find that my own my own writing, which I'm not doing as much, but I'm trying to continue to exercise because it's a muscle like everything else. If you're mm-hmm. not using it, you lose it. Um, but I find that most of my newer subject matter, I'm like, oh, here's a, I've been, uh, I told Josh. That's right, we were. DM, I said, I'm like, I've been working on this Earth 2, this concept of an Earth 2 poem, basically about alternate timelines and the multiverse and all this kind of stuff. But it really has very little to do with the concept of Earth 2 or multi or the multiverse other than kind of <laughs> using those things as an anchor. But nothing else got me thinking about that. I, I mean, speaking yeah. for myself, nothing got me thinking that more than Earth 2. I mean, the idea that, well, this is one that's like ours, but a little bit different. And then that one right. over there is the evil version of me. And that, I mean, y- you know, yeah, it's. I yeah. can't even imagine it's evil version of me. I just I, don't think. <laughs> I I have I, I have quiet fear that evil version of me is exactly the same. Oh, see there you go. Or is reasonably there certain. Same. Reasonably certain. Same. <laughs> Maybe just different clothes, because, like they've just got that evil because I think we live mustache. That, we live on that tipping. <laughs> we live on that tipping. <laughs> that's not, I've got a goatee. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I used to say because I, I I almost always had that much facial hair. So I was like, I am apparently the evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit, you know. Yeah, you need a shirt that says I am the evil twin. I ate my good twin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was an interesting fourth. Uh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. not a whole lot of Grant Morrison X Men readers in here. <laughs> Fine, I guess. Oh yeah, hey, I just got it. it. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Working on it. Working on it. Jeez, I, guys. That's right. Read some comics or something. I'm not here to be the comic book expert. <laughs> I'm here to be the video game expert. Which, by the way, Mass Effect Andromeda has not. Does it date, have lots of feels? The date yeah. that has not been announced yet, which really, really makes me upset because the calendar at work is coming around in December and I don't know which week to take off because they <laughs> oh, haven't announced so just, what. To just <laughs> yeah, so nice. all the, all that But week? they're having a really cool campaign, a marketing campaign that they're doing right now. You, um, you, I've seen some of this. You, like it's sideways targeting me apparently. Yeah, and uh, so the whole... Uh, base is you're the pathfinder you're trying to find a new place for humans to go live in the andromeda system and they're like just as a reminder this is a one-way trip and you're like oh my god it's just like mars i'm going to save humanity and but their whole marketing campaign right now is you're doing you're doing these briefings and like they're like the first one is like you're you watch this video and it's telling you about all these different planets that you can go to, the different type of equipment that you'll get to use. Basically, it's teaching you how to play the game and what to expect with the game. That's actually a pretty good idea. And, <laughs> and but as you hey, do these briefings, this? yeah. <laughs> but as you do these Looks briefings, good, right? you have your EA account and you do all these briefings with the EA account and you work towards an in-game 
helmet, exclusive uh, in-game helmet that you can only get if you go through all the briefings, which I've gotten one of six done because I have to wait for the next one to be released. So, refresh, so, refresh, refresh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so then you mail up. Then, of course, I signed up for their email newsletter to tell me when the next briefing has come mm. out. That got her some pants. <laughs> <laughs> In real life. <laughs> No, if I get no, some exclusive in-game stuff, I'm like... No, yeah. I meant in real life because then you were like, now I can stop sitting here and hit and refresh. I'm going to put pants on and go out into the world. Yes, <laughs> and then I'll yeah. get my email on my phone. Oh. Never mind, I got to go home. <laughs> but no, How's it's it like going? really cool. Sorry, I'm pants. super, super <laughs> stoked about it. The like they're being... I love Bioware anyways. They're super good with all their games. Not so great with their MMOs. I'll let that slide. But... um. Yeah. Oh my God. They're doing such a good job just with marketing on that game. I'm aware fantastic. of it, which that alone should tell you something about the <laughs> penetration of that marketing. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I was like, I know what you're talking about. She's going to say Pathfinder. Same. I know this thing. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I can always tell when a new iteration of a game is going to come out because my friends, I have a couple of friends who are very active Twitch users. Mm -hmm. And so the minute, like I've got a friend right now who's going back and, and playing through like, uh, Emmy one, two, and three, and showing in mm -hmm. you know his, his advancement on Twitch is like I'm gonna go all the way through and just like take this <laughs> new iteration of the character all the way to the new one. So every so often I'll just pop on my Facebook and be like, "What is? What's uh, going on? His, his, Mass Effect? You say his commander is uh, Beyonce Shepard. Beyonce Shepard. Yeah. Mine is always Jane Shepard. There you go. My daughter's name is Jane. So. So I, go I gotta tell you that Beyonce Shepherd thing makes me want to play. I can <laughs> Beyonce Shepherd, weird. No, it's hilarious because you because you can choose you know your if you want to be good or bad. So you could be your evil self every day. Every day. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is, he already I'm is. doing that. Nothing right. about Bay is evil. No, I mean yeah. you. But me, you I can, can be punch evil a news me. reporter in the face on Mass Effect. Punch a who? A new <laughs> yeah. Michael's right here. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because she was being mean. Ah, okay. Well, mm. so she was spreading lies. So you, you can choose to punch her in the face. And she's just like, it's the I'm into this. Ever. I just want, I, yeah. No. It, okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Punching do, people in the face. Do when you do pop culture, is there a lot of gaming as well in, in your, in your journal? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, one of the more popular subject matters that I think comes up a lot. There's actually a, a journal that uh, I have nothing to do with called Cartridge Lit, and they're specifically video game themed literature. See, this yeah. like Cartridge before when I lit. I was gonna say when I didn't make eye contact over the issue <laughs> or the episode number, but now I am specifically uh -huh. looking to Nikki, being like, write that down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're gonna want to know that later. And Nikki and I are passing notes back and forth. Cool. Really high, so, yeah. I'm into it. And it's mostly just that's mostly just on gaming and and those kinds of issues yeah absolutely and there's a lot more there's like flash fiction there's some really cool stuff and some poetry um they tend to dabble a lot those two editors are a lot more fiction editors so they kind of work work uh more in that milieu but uh it's it's kind of a similar thing to to what we do in that a lot, half the time it'll be specifically about a game like uh <coughs> i know i i read something on there once and i couldn't even tell you what issue it was, but the the game slash not a game called Mountain. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's a, it's literally it's this. Sounds like an indie game. I think it's it's freeware. If it's not freeware, it should be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's a thing where you uh, you load it up. It's uh, and uh, there's a mountain floating in the middle of space, 
and uh, every so often things from space kind of land on the mountain. And all you can really do is uh, rotate the camera around the mountain, hmm. zoom in and zoom out. There's nothing you can physically do. Uh, if you kind of hit the keyboard, you find out that there's a little area where you can kind of play some music. And the only thing I kind of figured out is that makes the, the, the weather on the mountain move a little faster, but you can't really affect anything that happens. So yeah, it's just kind of this like weird indie game. exercise in Zen of, you know, kind of seeing, you know, what objects, it's weird object, you know, like a park bench suddenly is embedded halfway into the mountain <laughs> or a record player, an old timey record player. Or, a, you know, an airplane, you know, these things just kind of get lodged in there. And then snow happens and snow comes in, you know, and then, you this know, is trees grow. It's too close is... to my real life right now. I'm yeah. not okay. Like just, the, <laughs> just observing, really. Yep, that's weird. And every so often the mountain will uh, say these kind of Zen cones, you know, these just weird little things about how the mountain is feeling yes. or something about the state of the universe or, you know, uh, probably something plucked from, you know, a local Josh, horoscope. Josh, did, you, did you write this in your sleep? No. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is your life. I, so I'm really intrigued right now, but I'm also afraid it's going to depress the hell out of right? me. Right? No. Yeah. I, I, so I'm seeing if it's available same. on my phone. You should, you should check into a journey. Journey is a similar game where you don't yeah. do a whole lot, but you're pretty much just walking the whole forward. time. And that's uh, all you fail. do. Fail. I want to take a midnight train to anywhere. Oh, yeah. it is such a beautiful no game. Journey. No beautiful journey jokes. Beautiful game. Yeah, I know. I got it. But I am ignoring it for the gaming. Any way you want it, gaming. that's the way you'll get it. Boom. Dude. Okay, so Journey, solid. I'll, I'll check. Solid. But honestly, props for the... Oh, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of the very few games that has very little inter. You can in you can meet up with other k people who are playing, but you can't interact with them. Like right. the best you can do is go boop boop boop, and a little bloop bloop bloop, and that's all. Back. You can just bloop at each other, and that sounds familiar, guys. Yeah. So there is an an Android app for Mountain, and oh, the great. and the first <laughs> the first review is titled "I Have No Idea." <laughs> <laughs> So that's pretty accurate. So yep. Okay. Okay. Downloading now. Well, that's what's happening to me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of you know I think uh, I would have it up on my desktop occasionally. I would just kind of pull it up and then because uh, every so often it makes kind of neat little synthesizer sounds as as well. So if I hear that happening, I know the mountains probably got some some knowledge to drop on me about yeah. something or other. <laughs> And I'll kind of stop what I'm doing. And I'll be like, oh, that's thanks, Mountain. Thanks for giving me that perspective. Now I'm going to go back to doing this layout and design that I loathe. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for your Mountain of Knowledge. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There it is. It See how my around. pun got a reaction? It was, yes. <laughs> 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 yes, it, well, I think you, you know. Yeah, yeah. listen. That's because we're trying to be encouraging, <laughs> right? Like, oh, it's as pity, is it? Uh, well, for me anyway, <laughs> it was. Yeah. The, the, again, evil twin. Yeah. Listen, I've just gotten you guys really used to a material. <laughs> yeah, we're now running. So, we're running so my B material gets so no reaction whatsoever. Jerks. All right. So, Rob, where can people find this this information, yes. the, this journal? Uh, sure. I, I mean, if you're online, uh, it's simply freezeraypoetry, all one word, dot com is where you can check that out. Uh, the, the books that we have available 
are on freezeraypress.com. Trying to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. You can also access the press through the through the journal site as well. I try to try to keep everything as uh, as connected as possible. Um, and then I have my own site of stuff that I've done, um, which is the Free Weebly site, and it's just Rob Sturma, uh, R O B S T U R M A dot Weebly dot com. Is that where we will eventually be able to uh, enjoy the Earth Two? Poems. Most likely, any <laughs> most anything that I'm kind of doing for myself, I'll either put on there um, because obviously I don't feel right about turning in poems to my own journal. You know, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I, we, I mean, we I do get have you, a, but you have a. It sounds yeah. like you have a really strict like editorial group, and they would probably not be any. Well, probably be bruising to your ego if nothing <laughs> yeah that, that, you sound like you surrounded the, yourself with the right people for that's that. probably the the bigger truth of it is, <laughs> is we uh all of the submissions uh, the editorial staff i'm the only person who sees the names of the contributors oh, um, okay. all the rest of the editorial staff have chosen to read the submissions blindly so you well, know i bet you get repeat submissions so i mean oh, that, yeah, that absolutely. absolutely makes sense yeah. yeah um and or there are some people in the in the community uh who who I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty familial kind of community a lot of poets know each other uh whether it's through through the slammer performance worlds or through the literary worlds I've kind of now been since I've been doing this for 3 years realized how much of the overlap there is so mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah you're going to see a lot of names that you recognize if you if you've been kind of doing it for a while and you I don't ever want the celebrity which I know is kind of a funny word in the poetry world, but the celebrity of a name or, you know, uh, I guess uh, just to ever affect whether or not we publish something. Right. Um, and it's, yeah. <laughs> that's been rough because sometimes there've been some pretty kind of heavy hitting names or names that I've, I really respect their work. And my staff was like, eh, you know what? This isn't gonna. This isn't enough. It's wow. not gonna get by, you know. And th they don't know who it is. They just. And know, you, like, you want to go? Do you know who this is? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Well, <laughs> and you just quietly swallow your sadness because you can't. You don't want to tell them, right? I mean, yeah. Or do you yeah. later? Or yeah. I mean, it's. I look at each issue. I mean, in a sense, it's like I love to go through an issue when I'm get, getting ready to put it out and be like, and kind of look at it like, uh, and this is really reductive and terrible, but you know those uh, those album compilations the now that's what i call music right. Right. Yes. i don't know if they still exist oh they, I, do. they do i guess they're oh, sure. like or if they just morphed into kids bop now but uh <laughs> what, <laughs> whatever they, they are they used to be good i i like to i like to think of each issue as like a new uh volume of now that's what i call you know that, now that's what i call nerd poetry and you're hoping that you can have like a couple front runner name like people recognizable names who people know from other journals or know their work from other from you know online from books or videos or what have you you kind of hope that you've got a couple of uh, quote-unquote heavy hitters and i and i i say that in quotes only because a lot of our most powerful work is from usually first or second time people like mm -hmm. people who i don't not as familiar with their work um, those are the ones that usually I end up uh, kind of, uh, and maybe it's because of reduced expectation. I, I, don't, I don't know, but uh, but you always hope to, that someone can look at it and be like, oh, poets A, B, and C are in here. I've never read this journal. Maybe I'll check it out because I like yeah. their work. You're always right. you're always hoping that you've got a, a, you know at least a handful of those, and then uh, and then people <laughs> kind of go through and uh, 
we've got a unique thing going on in that I think subject matter tends to be as important as the as the poets themselves. You know, if you're a Star Wars nerd and you see like two or three, you know, uh, poem titles that obviously have to do with, you know, like Han Solo talks about fatherhood. Okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm in because I like, you right. know, I'm a Han Solo it's, it's your, it's your, Subtitle, it's your don't right. take any advice from that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or would that be the True. subtext? That would, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think we can afford to leave that as subtext. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> We found some really good fan art. There's actually a, 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 I'm trying to remember the exact name of the poem. I think it's Han Solo Confronts Fatherhood, a poem in six parts, and I'm paraphrasing. Oh. And uh, I found this great uh, fan art on DeviantArt of uh, Han and Chewie holding little baby uh, Kylo. Uh, and it's just like a great, you know, paternal picture. But you're like, oh, that's going to go horribly wrong yeah. <laughs> but you know what in the meantime what a great piece of art that we got permission to use from the from the artist and uh uh you know and what a great poem to go with that like yeah we know it's gonna all go south but right now that's part of the deal yeah, that's the poignancy of the yeah, piece right yeah. you know how that's gonna work out yeah, <laughs> exactly Psst, badly and a lot of yeah. people have actually complained and... about that that now that there was some star wars fans who after they after Force Awakens came out, they, they could never longer watch the original trilogy knowing that now they know how Han Solo dies. And I'm like, okay, well, that's well silly. yeah, that's, that's, silly. that's yeah. ridiculous because that's how every... Everyone dies eventually. Yeah. I was going to say, everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's like saying you can't watch The Walking Dead anymore because I don't want to see anybody else die. Or Game of Thrones. I don't want Game of Thrones. Wait, that is why I stopped watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> See, that's that's I think that's why some people watch Game of Thrones. See who's going yeah. to die. No, next, you run a pool. Right? Yeah, that's right. Run a pool. Yeah, you run a pool. Deadpool. Who's next? <laughs> but with a space. Mm. Yeah, not Listen, dead. why are Deadpool. you being into Michael's jokes now? I'm not. That was laughter. <laughs> You're a, you are a liar that through your lying lie hole. That was uncaffeinated laughter. What a great, great I'm so tired. I, and sick. I have been sick for like two weeks now. If you notice, my voice is a little more husky than normal. <gasps> Nope, not buying it. (laughs) Not buying it. I mean, all that's true, but I'm not buying how that connects to this pity laugh. (laughs) Oh, now I do. Now I see how she's sick and tired, so she thought that she that was like pity laugh for me. And poor Michael's just collateral damage to your (laughs) back. Just fall out. That ain't right. That's just Michael, the human shield. (laughs) I have been retweeting uh, here stuff. I've been really enjoying the. like the matinee part of the freeze ray poetry. Oh, cool. Are most of those your poets who have been in your, in the journal or oh, h- yeah. how do they tie in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, real I mean, quick, I couldn't go pe- read like a whole bunch of issues, but the research for the show, I could watch some videos and get yeah. it. And I really like that kind of, and that's part of, that's part of why we did, performance. we did yeah. that. Um, a lot of our editors and my and like myself, I came from slam poetry. I came from mm-hmm. that community and I'm still active in it. Um, but uh, so my media editor, uh, who is also very active in Slam, he actually uh, does a lot of the camera work for. There's another pretty major. If you if you watch most Slam stuff on YouTube, or or, or Upworthy or any place where just they'll have like, Slam poetry, just for people who don't know what that is, um, it's not a genre. <laughs> 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 Bas- basically, uh, Slam poetry has become this blanket term 
to talk about any kind of performance poetry. Usually it's like a memorized uh, original mm-hmm. piece poem. That's really all that a slam poem is for the most part. Um, it's just a live performance of a poem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, this slam as, as an event <coughs> is a competitive uh, game. It's kind of like the American Idol of, uh, uh, of uh, you know, poetry performance in that there are judges they do judge the poem that uh, so that a performer reads um and then there are people who get eliminated and people who win and lose um but it was invented to be a bar game it was yeah. invented by uh, this is actually part of the spiel when we go to the national poetry slam um it's a it's a bar game con- created by a chicago construction worker named mark smith and he basically did it uh just to you know because he was kind of uh he had a poetry reading at a bar in Chicago. It was doing so-so, but he wanted to kind of just bring the energy up and get people excited about it. So he did this fake competition thing where, you know, it really <laughs> means something, but it got, you know, it got the energy up and it got mm-hmm. people to be a little, you know, a little more aggressive about their performance. So that's basically when you, when you, when I say slam poetry, I mean performance poetry and a lot of the stuff that you see uh, on YouTube probably were, were being performed in a competitive environment. Right. Cool. So if that yeah. that kind of heightens that sense of whatever you know that performer is feeling, uh, at least it always does for me whenever I'm actually doing it for stakes. Um, but there is one uh, one uh, group called Button Poetry. Uh, button, just like the the fastener on your shirt, mm-hmm. um, and they record the majority of what you're going to find out there. If you see a, a performance poet or a slam poet doing something that's been put on HuffPost or, or Upworthy or any of those uh, sites, most likely Button filmed it. Uh, they, they, they're very professional about it. That's their whole thing is, is to kind of preserve this whole idea of performance poetry. Um, and then there's one other kind of uh, smaller indie uh, <laughs> version of that called Slam Find. <coughs> Um, and that particular, uh, the person who runs that is doing that on a smaller scale and, and button tends to be kind of more stuff that you can show anyone in your family. Um, it's more, you know, as, as one of the founders actually said to me, he's like this, you can show any poem on button to your grandmother and and it's not going (laughs) to. I mean, she might not like the subject matter per se, but she's not going to f- object to the language. Uh, slam can be a filthy, filthy sport, though, so I'm glad there's other people out there who have kind of jumped on the idea of having more professionally uh, recorded, you know, uh, instances of what we do. But a lot of what what we decided after about two years in, in our third year, we're like, you know, video and, and all these videos are such an important part of what, of our community let's start to curate that as well within, you know, and have a place because you can go online and be like button poetry and get at this point, literally hundreds of videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Some, and they try to, they'll try to give you like, these are all poems about assault or a poems about, you know, they'll kind of do some subject matter stuff that can be really triggering for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided, well, because of the, you know, the, the nature of the kind of journal we are, Let's have, these are all poems about pop music. These are all poems right. about superheroes. These are all, you know, and it's been kind of an ongoing thing. Um, last month, we had a spotlight from one of our, uh, one of the poets who we knew uh, did a lot of like pop culture related stuff. 
And so we spotlighted him. We found about uh, six to eight of his poems and put all of those videos up in kind of one thing. But it's, I always find it's a gateway <clears throat> when I teach in uh, high schools, which I, I try to do a couple times a year. And I'm kind of, I'll try to read not only my own stuff, but what other people are doing. And I find that when I ask, hey, do you, what do you guys know about slam poetry? What do you know about poetry? Have you, do you watch stuff online? And inevitably someone goes to button or mm -hmm. slam find and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if we've got that gateway to be like, oh, that video was really cool. And you see that name. Oh, it's a Hanif Willis Abdurabkeeb. Okay. Well, we published him in issues two and four and six. or I, I'm making up the issue numbers. Right, right now, yeah. but, <laughs> but to you know, suddenly go back and be like, I mean, when I was a young nerd and we didn't have this internet thing, um, I'm not dating myself at all, but you know, I know that like if I heard uh, somebody, someone I liked on the radio, then I would go to the record store and find out what else this Elvis Costello person did, um, you know, that type of thing. And I would have to kind of, you know, but I would always have that one way in and, uh, you know, YouTube is kind of the great gateway drug for a lot of a lot of what we do in in, uh, in the poetry world at this mm -hmm. point, which is great, you know, if if it you know if you can sit down for two and a half minutes and watch someone and be affected by their work, uh, and then realize, oh crap, that's a poem. I didn't realize that's that's <laughs> yeah. what poetry could be. Right. That's always been kind of my big my bigger mission statement is to to kind of bring poetry to the people who didn't know they liked poetry or didn't realize mm -hmm. they liked poetry. Um, I've edited two different poetry anthologies. One called Aim for the Head, which is all zombie-related uh, poetry, and that's uh, that was published through Right Bloody Publishing. And they also were gracious enough to let me edit a second anthology of all superhero-themed work <coughs> called Multiverse. Uh, and so, and those are both still available through Right Bloody Publishing. But as I put those together, those were the kind of the first things that I did kind of as a really uh, kind of card-carrying uh, nerd. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to use like, the closeted metaphor for nerddom. I've, I've heard nerds say something like that. Oh, I didn't want to tell anyone I was a wrestling fan. And then I came out of the closet. You didn't come out of the closet, oh, dude. You just admitted that you liked wrestling. It's not, it's really not the same thing no, as yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. As, not as yeah. life really altering. Not as, yeah. As, as, yeah. yeah. And, Unless uh, your family's very strange, they're not going to stop talking to you because that's right. you like MMA. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unless there's a battle over like Hulk Hogan or uh, you know, Roddy True. Piper True. or something like that. Speaking, of, the speaking of further dating yourself, I like that. Yeah, yeah. go right there. Uh -huh. yeah, the only Saturday morning wrestling. cartoon time. The that's rock, the rock and wrestling era. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fantastic. Mick Foley all the way. Oh, <laughs> I have a poem about Mick Foley. Dude, Mick Foley is one of the sweetest, kindest, most generous people that I've ever met in my life. I Can had, I tell you a quick story? I've had the pleasure of interviewing him. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I. Uh, he is. He's a great interview. Go ahead. So, I'm a I'm a huge huge wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. if, if we if I haven't already uh, talked about it, I have now. And uh, back in 2007, a friend of mine who was a film producer, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. He's like, "Hey, I'm getting us all passes to Comic Con to San Diego Comic Con because it's right down the street." And uh, I was excited. So I go to this dinner with a bunch of comic book professionals. I know some of them. I don't know some of them. You know, I'm just kind of sitting there and Mick Foley walks in and evidently uh, he was the guest of honor, which I didn't know. My friend didn't tell me. 
my friend used to work for World Championship Wrestling when he was uh, in high school. So he knew and was friends with a lot of the pro wrestlers. So Mick Foley sat down. Uh, I ended up talking to him for about 45 minutes. At that point, I had already written, independently of this, I had written kind of a fanboy poem for Mick Foley yeah. that I would read at Poetry Slams. And it's actually, there's a version of it that's on my Weebly uh, website uh, that we recorded a couple of years ago. But uh, so that happened to talk to him. I'm like, yeah, I got this poem that I wrote about you. I feel weird. Uh, I got him a copy of it. I had it in a in a nerd theme checkbook. He's like, "Oh, this is awesome! This is great!" Da 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 da. And that was really that could have been the highlight of my entire right. life. <laughs> <laughs> Flash oh, so forward cool. to about a maybe year and a half, two years ago, McFoley mm -hmm. came to Oklahoma City. Yes, he did. Um, and I, my friend and I, got tickets to it. Mm -hmm. And so we were standing in line afterwards at the meet and greet. And I have yet another chapbook which has my Mick Foley poem in it. I'm like, he's not going to, this thing was like six or seven years ago. He's not going to remember. So I'm going to slip him another copy, say thank you again for being inspiration and being, you know, motivation for, for so many other people. So I start to tell this story to him. I'm like, I've got this poem, da, 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 da. I said, like, I don't know if you remember, we, we met, you know, and bef I don't get any more out there. It's like, you know, there was this guy in San Diego about five or six years ago who wrote this great poem. I'm like, dude, that's me. That was me. <laughs> he's like, right I, here. Yeah, he's like, I okay, I thought you. So then he stops the meet and greet line, and we're and like it had just started. Like I was, yeah. you know, I was maybe we were maybe about about twenty people into it. Um, he's like, everybody, we're going to stop this line for a second. Uh, this is my friend Rob. He's got this poem that he's going to read for you. <laughs> And he had me perform basically Wait. for the entire meet and greet line, uh, my poem about Mick Foley. Uh, Thank God you have a background in performance yeah. poetry because <laughs> right. I know some writers who would be like, and it's then like, they dropped dead. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I was oh, terrified. Right. Sure, but but, right there. but you know what to do with that terror. Yeah. You, you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Channel that, yeah. Exactly. Dead well, right there. And I think um, as a performer for me, uh, once I hear a first reaction of an audience, whatever it is, whether it's an yep. ooh or a laugh or something, where I know that they're listening and connecting, I'm okay. But mm -hmm. until I get that first Yo. little bit of validation, I'm like, they're going to hate this. They're going to think <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm like, why is he rhyming? Why is he, <laughs> does he think he's a rapper? What is he doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to get my 32 McFoley figure signed. <laughs> <laughs> But that. I was, it was pretty well received. I, I just pretty much like uh, uh, shook his hand, gave him a hug afterwards, oh and then God. just left. He's I didn't want to, you know, I'm like, I, it, that's, that's you, it. You win the McFoley stories. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> I love him. My, my interview with him was great. He was a darling, wonderful feminist and donates mm -hmm. his time to like the Rain Network. Oh, that's, yeah, huge the, for him. He, he, does, um, he does at least once a, a month at the Rape Crisis Hotline in New York and yeah. gives all of his money to Rain and blah, blah. I mean, I could just go on and on, but that man, that man. Mm -hmm. So, um, but still, you win. You win. Feminist, <laughs> donator of time and money. Poet lover. Poet yeah. lover. Lover of poetry. And also uh, has lover been of Rob. some of the most brutal steel cage matches <laughs> in the history of the sport. To the point where he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he wrote his book in longhand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. on, uh, on legal pads. Yeah. 
That's the that sounds terrible. Yeah. New York Times bestseller. I, no, I believe yeah, this. Yeah. I just write all the time, and that sounds the worst possible oh, way yeah. for me to do it. It yeah. was a process for him, and it works. So, yeah. Interesting. Yay, Mick Foley. I love that. I love that. I corner love we turn towards Mick Foley. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea who Mick Foley is. Oh, girl. I will school. There are some people in this booth that will settle that hash for he you. Makes, <laughs> he makes a video every year on International Women's Day and ends it always in his tipo. And he's like a, he's like a uh, he's like a professional wrestler and he ends it with and this is what a feminist looks like <laughs> he's, he's awesome he's glorious i think he's i came into like wrestling a little bit after you guys. yeah because i was all about kevin nash yeah. thing he wants okay. me to get out of junior do you, do you know who mankind is have you heard no. that name Okay, no. so, this is, so you were a WC, you were a WCW person. Yes, well, that WWF. Yeah, he oh, was a WWF yeah, guy. Yeah, WWF. So. yeah WCW and WO. He yeah. fought for a little bit in WCW under the name Cactus Jack. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So that's yeah, the same yeah, guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the same that's crazy him. guy okay. who. Uh, I love every bit of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> With every bit of disregard Me for his and body. Me and my sister. He lost an ear. In Germany, yes. In Germany, in a in a match. Absolutely loved. WCW, NWO, Wolfpack. And we recently were rehashing, do you remember when Sting joined the Wolfpack and it was such a big deal and uh, he came down from the ceiling with oh, a yeah. zip tie. so fabulous. But, wow, uh, I didn't know Nikki was such a big wrestler. Oh, right. right. Yeah, like we were this huge in the wrestling. I'm also that entertained that, that, that the reminiscing goes into like, Old lady voice. No, it's fantastic. No, no, it's I very. Know, when it was like me and my sister. When it was like, you remember but where you were. But then we realized how weird it was. We were sitting there talking about it, and the wolf pack. When they would come out, they would greet each other. They make little, you know, wolf with their with their hands, <laughs> right. and then they the go the two sweet mark. Yeah, that's and then what they make the it. wolf's kiss, and mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> and those were the nope. big. Tough guys in the and, and that's wrestling. the weird point that's for you. Yeah, You're like oh, well that, to be yeah. fair, that's the sticking point. That to be fair, that's pretty weird. But I <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. They still okay. do it, but um, in a, in the best, most lovable way. I'm super into that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's if you ever theater. don't greet me in that manner from now on, <laughs> with, a, with we're two sweet wolf packs. Yeah, that's right. We are through. You and All I right, done. Now on. Done. Yeah. Just as a as a side note, as a huge wrestling fan i do have i still have an nwo t-shirt <gasps> and the thing is uh after the election i don't feel comfortable wearing it <laughs> yeah as a white dude fair yeah because it just says nwo new world order on it and i'm like you know what no one's this, gonna get it you know what? i don't want yeah, to be mistaken for one of those a couple people yeah people like you would be like oh it's uh old wcw and everyone else is gonna be like hands kissing yeah mm -hmm. and and like, no, it's like, good. It's, oh so oh, is that a white supremacist thing yeah. is that, is that, that what that i gotta get one guys? more out yeah, yeah best one of the best parts of the the, the wrestling era that i was in was mm -hmm. when ray mysterio jr got unmasked and uh. we all were all we all were shocked how beautiful he was wait because i was wait. 13 he's a and very, wait. very pretty he's a very pretty man is he kind of a lucha yeah yeah oh, okay okay i know this from toy aisles i know this from toy aisles and i he's, think he's the one lucha you'll see the yeah 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 yeah, yeah, in, uh, yeah you got it yeah but yeah i, I pay that, attention in the toy I, aisle, you guys like, it's not just avengers toys that, i look at and when we found out when who the white ranger was from power rangers all Those are this. the two when when, when Ray Mysterio okay. Jr. got between him. discussion oh. of New World Orders 
and wrestling and, the and then white... you went to white ranger but it was from power rangers i was like what fresh hell have i stepped into <laughs> those are the two like but now i'm with you tangents. burned into my brain <laughs> tangents i'm not well tangents that from yeah. my childhood like i can remember the excitement and the thrill and the suspense like Unmaskings it's, are a big deal, you guys. That's why theater. Stanley did it. Like <laughs> nine that's times right. That's why Spider-Man. Civil War when it's when Spider Man took off his mask. Yeah, it's, right. it's pure theater. Like, that why you gotta exactly. Why you gotta bring up? Why you gotta bring it down? Yeah, why why we yeah, bring it. you you brought it up? Why Spider- Civil Spider-Man. Wars? The, yeah, like you know when Green Goblin did it and Doctor Octopus yeah, did it. Why we, why, I'm just why I don't know. It was the first one that came. I just don't want to talk about. I couldn't come over. Yeah, we're not talking about that. I I hey that Civil War movie was great. All right, don't. Yeah. Is it based on a comic book? No. no. Has okay. anyone seen <laughs> Doctor Strange it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, oh, I no, saw it last week. It's very good. I haven't. Is it good? Yeah. And, Does and he have the leopard skin gloves and the no, ridiculously high no. yes, cock? Then kinda. I am not seeing it. He kind of has the collar. The collar's all right. Yeah, but the cape, the, it's like half size. It can't be double his head. I don't care. No, the, the, yes, the, the, it the cape, can. Tell that to Steve Ditko. He That's did right. it for years. Yeah. Steve they have, Ditko says it can. Look at their budget and tell me they can't. The, the, cape, the cape is pretty <laughs> the awesome. The cape is great. But hey, the, it's but the, the leopard, collar is not that leopard. big, but it's still great. There are no leopard print gloves, but I have hopes for the sequel. Deal breaker. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I but it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Unfortunately, it's Benedict Cumberbatch without, without the, the British, British accent. accent. Nope. Which nope. Is, love his terrible American accent. Yeah. It is, is it awesome? I mean, it's... It's so generic. Super generic. It's been jarring in the trailers to the, you know, the little bits where you hear him. And you're just like, that's not him. How are you yeah, doing? I'm he's... Benedict Cumberbatch. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you are not. You no, are his sir. imposter from a farm in Iowa. I have to go watch all the episodes of Sherlock. Yes, now, I have seen, <laughs> I've seen the preview for Sherlock season four, and you are no Sherlock. So. <laughs> Hi, I am Dr. Strange. Yeah, I <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, that's a... I don't, it's not even New York accent. Trek, no, it's Star totally Trek. generic. It's, That's why I loved it. it. It's it's not from anywhere. It's from no. America. America. I am the, American. Uh, it's the Kenneth Branagh school of <laughs> yes. American accents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do I hey, sound like I'm hey. from America? Well, there In you have his it. defense, we have been butchering the British accents for like a millennia now. Oh, right. So it, it is only fair. Like that's. I mean, that's our national pastime. Yeah. Right. I was going to say that's true. Hey, that's kind of our whole. That was kind of the original. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a whole fantastic movie that I watched again recently oh. called Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, oh, where right. Kevin Costner oh, didn't no. even pretend to have a British accent and he was from Britain. Don't. Don't don't start, with, don't, don't, yeah. don't start with don't 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 start with Nicky. I'm not going to engage. <laughs> don't no, engage. I can't. The Prince of oh, Do you not I, engage. I've, I've hated love, Prince of Thieves. I love Prince of Thieves. Walk you cannot no. walk away. Really? Yeah. Just walk away. How, How old were you when that came out? She was born. Ten. See, Golden Age. It's Robin, like the Golden Age of Prince comics. Of, you thing. were not alive when Prince of Thieves came out. Well, that's when I watched it, though. Oh, that's what oh. I'm same yeah. difference. So, same difference. <laughs> so you are you saying it still holds up what? as an adult? I, I, oh, I still like it. You think it, it still holds up? I watched it a few weeks ago. There are better Robin Hoods out there. Okay, mostly because I'm really curious about what the happened Disney to one. Wolf, the little the kid Disney one is better from, than, from, right. from it, um, and I'm like, this needs to be a whole spin-off show. May, may I recommend Men in Tights? Okay, all that's say, all I have to say. Men in Tights, Roger well. Miller, and the in the Disney one. Yes, Roger Roger Miller, Disney one. This is a super. Period. 
Yeah, we really, really, really got off the rails. No, I no, no, I like it. It's just a really unexpected tangent, even <laughs> for this room. <laughs> because I, I know, we really have. But all I got to say is Roger Miller. I want to I want to go back to Rob and actually talk about this. Yeah. The freeze rate. I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> That's okay. I, uh, I've i done King of the Road as karaoke before, so I don't know if that's... <laughs> I'm trying to bring it back. Are you aware that we have a Roger Miller Museum in Oklahoma? I, I did in not. In Claremore, no less. That makes sense. Wow. And that... I'm just, from Claremore. If I can Claremore, plug it, what's I can in plug Claremore? it for just oh, a minute... Hell. Um, it's it's suffer it's suffering. Do they so people? The museum is you suffering. You need to go there. Listeners, if they if they have fifty cent there. rooms, I will go and make, make a day of it. Rooms I to think l- that's no. I'm I'm rooms to let fifty right cents here, right here. Sure. Uh, oh no, no, you let. and me, you and me, right here. I'm a massive Roger Miller fan. Fair so. enough. Um, <laughs> oh, that God. is part of the Oklahoma play, by the way, and that is what Claremore was known for was that they had a hotel. That's like their claim to fame back in the like 1920s. They had a hotel. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Let's write a song about it. <laughs> Cause, cause no, wait. I lied. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but, but then but Will Rogers is from Claremore. Yeah, but he wasn't the reason no. it was established. No. No, but that's, I mean, that's what it was. Oh, no, literally, the day that they started Claremore, they just put up a sign that said, uh, eventual birthplace of Will Rogers. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up in place in Iowa that has the birthplace of Captain Kirk. Captain James T. They also have the J.M. Davis Gun Museum there. Uh, Yes, it is. has the noose that uh, uh, hung Billy the Kid. He wasn't, I I thought he was shot. Or what Billy the Kid was no, shot Billy by. Uh, the kid was shot he was by both a like a member Rasputin. of his gang. <laughs> right. They chopped off his head. And they threw him in the water. They had some boys and then drowned. That that killed somebody. I don't remember. They have a noose it at the gun museum. Like fifteen years. Oklahoma, everybody. <laughs> That's like, a nice That's to like a bringing a noose dude. to a gun museum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, quick, right. start saying that right now, <laughs> like and let's see how long it takes for it to come back to us. That's right. Yes. We want to hear it again. <laughs> if I see that come up in any of your poetry, I'm I super, swear to God. I'm super excited about that. I can't I wait for that to be a thing that happens. Please, 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 uh, Rob, that makes me want to start playing Red Dead Redemption again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's such a good game. Did you play I'm, it on zombie mode? I'm just gonna, it makes me want to watch. I do um, have muttering to myself show, about it. You're Westworld. Gonna, you're going to need to be HBO. more specific. Westworld. Westworld. Not Westworld. Oh, oh no. uh, Deadwood. 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 Oh, Deadwood. You have Deadwood. to see Westworld. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. wait. If heard. you haven't watched it at all, just wait until after the season is over, Avenger. and I'll tell you whether you need to bother. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're waiting. I have we're grave waiting. concerns about how I have it's going to go. I have grave concerns about a lot of okay. things. Really? Oh, I'm right the now, only thing I'm, I don't no, have a grave just, concern about is Evan Rachel Wood. Because Evan Rachel Wood. It's complicated. The show is complicated. I understand this is about how I feel about every season of Doctor Who. I figure Seasons that, that it's, by the end of it, I'm going to be to very do certain but. things. They have jobs. They uh-huh. need to be discrete pieces of fiction in and of themselves. And I am not 100% sure that Westworld is going to deliver on that thing. Just I, I can understand that fear. I, can I mean, in, fear. here here in our golden age of prestige yeah. television. I've been really, truly yeah. enjoying Westworld, but you're right. Yeah, they no, me too. The, but, the, the, but I can't recommend it to people till I see the, the end, end of the season. Which is good. I think I think there's a, there is something to be said. I've had a lot of people who will criticize pieces of work while it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Now, which, which of course you would never do during a movie or writing or, or a book, but for some reason, when it's, on the when it's long running television it series, on the well, I mean, you'd never get out, you know, it's a two hour movie. You're never going to stop about an hour and go, well, let me tweet how much this sucks. Actually, I've you know, blocked out. I'm pretty of- sure I did that during Age of Ultron. 
<laughs> Velvet Goldmine, baby. But still, I'm, I'm just saying it's a lot of people will, will go in a couple episodes into either a comic series or um, or a, a ser- television series, something like that, and yeah. talk about how good or bad it is. Okay, but without- the difference is nobody is marketing the first hour of that movie as a discrete piece of thing. Right. If I look at an issue of a comic book and it does not work as a single issue, that is an actual problem. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the difference. But I'm- and I may not be able to talk about the arc as a whole or... Or the themes of the whole yeah. thing, but if I look at this this thing and go, nothing happened. You didn't do anything. This is not a discrete piece of no. And that's, and that's but I'm saying that's what I'm saying about like television series. Like a lot of people, I've I've heard like criticisms of, of series or or even praise of series sometimes. And like you know, it's really hard to know where it's going. Yeah. Um, and this and is my Westworld problem. That, where and, I'm that's, like, that, and that's why where I was agreeing with I you. Can was, talk like, about individual because look, I can talk right now about individual episodes of individual moments like Flash and, and Supergirl yeah. as individual things because that's how they work but that is not Mm-mm. how Westworld Yeah, Westworld working. is yeah. Uh, and it's sure. it's good. Well, what is it the, so the, the tweet it, I saw a tweet that was like uh, these 13 hour Marvel movies that Netflix is putting out are pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about Westworld. Like it's mm. not yeah, it's broken into episodes but yeah, it's, I, it's kind of disappointing okay. that it, okay. I, I would well, I would have almost I'll wished it was off. like Netflix where I could watch watch them all on a run if because I'll, waited, get to, yeah. I'll get to the end and go, okay, I need to see the next episode now. Right. You know, so yeah. yeah. Well, that's a that's a whole Fair. different thing with our viewing habits mm-hmm. these days. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find myself as guilty of it as anything, but like I don't currently have cable, but I know I can go to the CW app the day after and mm-hmm. watch my shows. Yeah. So that's you know that's Hulu esque, but then you got you know Netflix. Like there's things. I have not yet uh, uh, started a Black Mirror, but right. I, but I want to, and I know it's mm-hmm. going to be sitting right there. It's for just me. there when I'm ready. It's not for going it. anywhere, especially <laughs> since Netflix put their their brand on it yeah. for you know for the new season. And apparently, it's going to be another season as well. So I mean, it, you already know that you already know what you're getting, and you already know you get it all in one one sitting. The Crown or, yeah. or, or or that or that shift in viewing habits. Like I am the poster child for this. That's how I fell behind on. Uh, on Flash and Supergirl yeah. in the first place is because mm-hmm. I was like, I got to show up at a specific time, right? even if it's the internet the next day. Yeah. Who can live I, at who that can speed? Exactly. Yeah. I live, I live binge watch a weekend at a time. Well, yeah. and, you know, I and don't Nikki, watch anything. Especially you work nights. Yeah. So you are the, po- you are again the poster child for, yeah, because I, I need to catch up when I can. No, that's, and that's how my not wife and I do it too, because I, I work in the early mornings. And so, you know, I'm yeah, getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Schedule. I can't, I can't, I can't be there for prime time. I have three jobs. So yeah, none of us, none of us, None of us can schedule our life around. Television. By the way, finished Penny Dreadful and don't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know. I just had a feeling. Yeah. Also, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I, I love. I, I love. I that, love hate. I love that hate. show all the way up into the last fifteen minutes. Right. Seriously? Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. that probably cured me. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob, would, uh, can, totally can any, do you guys ever have like live shows anywhere? Yeah, Ooh. that was my Freeze place. Ray Live. Um, we're, if not, we've got a place here at KOSU that you guys could be awesome space. at. And does nice. Mr. Freeze actually show up? Because <laughs> I really like him. Dude, he has like I don't think we're can officially so be endorsed by yeah, Mr. Freeze. It's only because he's from uh, House of Cards. <laughs> But so okay, that was try. random. Anyway, so so where so where, so people do people actually? Um, well, I I can I can tell you this. Uh, I do uh, help run a uh, an open mic in the Paseo district every Wednesday night uh, at Sost. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. I, I, Red, was, uh, I was going to ask you about that, but didn't want to. Red Dirt Poetry. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, 
and I have been uh, hosting or co-hosting. Right now, I've kind of stepped back, and I'm uh, I'm doing a little more DJing because we're just trying to bring a little more, uh, you know, music into the mix. So uh, I'm the guy just sitting there on my laptop, thinking that I'm Jazzy Jeff or something, <laughs> but having fun with that. But we do that every Wednesday, uh, basically eight till till we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually about eight to nine thirty or eight to ten. And uh, it's a uh, it's a pretty eclectic open mic actually. It's poetry. Uh, there's a lot of stand up uh, comedy that folks will kind of dust off their new material and try it out on us. But it's a pretty accepting room. Uh, we we got together the night after the election and uh, uh, wasn't as big of a turnout, uh, but the people who were there had a lot to say. So yeah, sure they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the rest were hiding in their homes. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's Some of them hadn't even got out of bed. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to be drunk, but... <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, only uh, I could have been. Yeah. It wasn't the most healthy response, but, well, you know. You know... Yeah, I'm on my third year of sobriety. Sometimes. I'm like, Trump is not going to be the one to drive me back to the bottle. <laughs> Good yeah. for you. Good I'm for high-fiving you. Yes. you across the room at four years <laughs> yeah. right here. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that 50% of the reason was because I was given new scotches to try. It wasn't entirely <laughs> because of the... I was working Fair. during the election. So, <laughs> so, so was I. I. I was here covering it. And it I was, was at work and but like every just... break, everyone would come in and be like, who won, who won? I was like, I don't But see, anymore. one of the things I, I love about poetry is, is yeah. reading it out loud. I think it's the way poetry should be done. Yeah. I, I know that poetry for years has always been written, mm-hmm. but even the written, it should be read out loud. Well, we used to do a show actually at the IAO gallery right next door. Um, when I, when I was the poetry chair there, uh, we had a show called extreme championship poetry and we ran it quarterly, uh, kind of bi-monthly to quarterly, just depending on when we could get an entire ensemble of performers together. Um, but that was basically, uh, a one-on-one, one-on-one poetry slam battles, except, except the entire, uh, storyline, all of the battles and everything were predetermined. Like, I know who was going to win or lose, and the and the performers knew who was going to win or lose on like a real poetry slam. So That's it's actually your professional wrestling, wrestling professional yeah, I was going to say, is coming out. Of, yeah, and absolutely. I love it. Yeah. We had title belts. We uh, everyone had a, a, a character, a persona. Oh my oh, god! They awesome. dressed up. Uh, you know. Okay, so can we revive this? I will yeah. help. So this we're, is almost like we're looking at we're looking at it again. Type That's stuff. amazing. Yeah. yeah, let us know when you do that because we would love to. That's be amazing. Uh-huh. For the last couple of years, we've only uh, the only time that we've done it is we've brought it to some of the national poetry slam events. Uh, we just got back from the individual world poetry slam, which this year was in uh, in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, and we brought. And it's a lot. It's a lot easier to bring a show like that the, uh, to to another place where it's nothing but poets, mm-hmm. because mm. you can kind of I can kind of cherry pick and be like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you do you understand right. what we're doing? <laughs> do you understand that <laughs> if I say you're going to lose this bout, it has nothing to do with what you're about to do? But um, it's all within the auspices of the performers. It's all this kind of big you know, pageantry and wrestling type of a, a, a shell. But when they go to perform their poems, they drop all that pretense and they just perform their poems the way they would normally yeah. perform them. Awesome. That's wonderful. So yeah. if I go on and as uh, one of my characters, Rat Bastard, who's a, a lounge singer, Luchador, um, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to insult the fans. Um, you know, I'm going to make sure that I get the required response, which is to get everyone to boo me and, and say nasty things to me while I'm on the stage, which you're really not supposed to do in a regular poetry reading. Um, and then I can go and read my poem and hopefully 
everyone will just be like, oh, crap. I didn't. Okay. Word. That was a thanks for that poem that I did not expect. That was awesome. So that's what we're aiming to do again, uh, probably in the sometime in the next. Well, definitely in 2017 at some point. So. Okay. Excellent. We we actually were running a little bit long here, so I, we do kind of need to wrap it up. Uh, any other other questions for for Rob that we would like to? Oh my goodness! So w- just to recap, we can yeah. we can come see you on Wednesdays at at Sauce. Yes, All definitely right. there. Um, you will be you will be playing DJ and helping run the the poetry slam, which is eight till question mark eight, question mark usually question mark. eight till ten yeah be, be there at eight that's how you know it's a party well yeah. what we say is the sign up sheet goes out at seven thirty, and cool. then we start the show as close to eight as humanly possible okay uh so yeah just if you want to get there and perform be there before eight and if you just want to show up to to listen just be there by eight and, cool you know all yep. right. And then we can also find you and then we'll talk about where we can find you on the internet. That was freeze rate, freeze rate poetry dot com and freeze ray press dot com. Is that right? That those mm-hmm. are both correct. Yes. Right. And you guys are both on you got you got Twitter. Uh, do you do? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I mainly use my Twitter for uh, live tweeting. Uh, I live tweet a lot of the wrestling shows. Um, <laughs> what, what I've found is that there's a group of other poets and writers who are all as you know, obsessed about wrestling as I am. So we have some pretty interesting uh, live tweet wars could have that happen during those things. So I, I do a lot of live tweeting on Twitter. Um, when I can watch shows like Flash or Supergirl live, which is rare these days, I will live tweet one of those. Or watch it's fine. I was like basically that. live tweeting an episode of Supergirl like a month after it was on earlier this week. Yeah, yeah. I saw we that. We have it a was chat. Like, Spoilers can't I was talk. like, that's, yeah, I gave up on the chat because, oh, oh, fine, nobody's listening to my about Supergirl, then I'm going to go to Twitter. <laughs> Nobody's seen it. And I, I will live chat by my experiences with oh, yeah. certain episodes. Oh, asked, uh, <laughs> like, especially what, Penny what, Dreadful. What? OMFG. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so what, what, what is your Twitter handle? Yes. Uh, it is at Rat Pack Slim, which was my very first internet handle, and it's somehow stuck with me all these years. It was also my poetry moniker for uh, the first, I'd say, 10 years of doing poetry. When I was in LA, so. I dig. and then we got Freeze Ray Poetry at, at sorry at Freeze Ray Poetry <coughs> is the Twitter for yes Freeze yes Ray for Freeze Ray, and there's also at Freeze Ray Press for uh, for the press stuff. Excellent. Fantastic. You also have a uh, Facebook. Um, yeah, F- Freeze Ray has a just if you just look up Freeze Ray yeah. Poetry on Facebook, you'll be able to find it. Freeze Ray Press also easily on searchable. Yeah, and I, uh, by the way, if anyone goes out to freeze rate, uh, I guess it's the poetry, look up the one, the matinee of the one who does the thing on Hulk making breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, oh, that's yeah. a poet named Sam Mercer. And, oh, uh, that was fun. He oh, actually did that uh, this, this past uh, year when we did Extreme Championship Poetry in Flagstaff. He used that as one of his... Uh, his competitive poems and it was it was great it's, it's yeah. another one of the, the proofs that I, I do I, as I was listening I was in like second or third time after watching it and I think it was by the time I was showing it to my wife mm-hmm. I was thinking <laughs> I don't know if I would truly enjoy this written oh as, no as, I mean, as, as I mean much no. as not as in much the same as I way was just enjoying his performance yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It was so wonderful so anyway go check out freezerypoetry.com there's a lot of great stuff and your new uh, issue is coming out 
Uh, submissions will close for that for women and non-binary writers uh, at the end of this non-binary. month. Non-binary. What? What did that? Just basically, who anyone who maybe is gender fluid doesn't have a. Doesn't oh, I'm identify. okay. Got it. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, doesn't necessarily ad- yeah, identify could, with a gender binary. I just, I'd never heard that before. That's a great, a great. Term it's there. it's always such a weird thing to try to encapsulate a no dudes issue. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's a million way, y- ways that you can say it that are going to be offensive to someone. So right. we, we try to keep it as broad as possible. But so I'm sorry, issues coming out. That'll be, uh, uh, <coughs> submissions close November 30th. We, we usually hope to get that out by probably mid, de- mid December, just kind of check back and we'll, you know, we also have a blog, uh, on the, on the freeze race site called freeze rated where we'll sometimes pop, mm certain things into there if it's a, a poem that you know is something that we you know we see online like oh that's a great pop culture poem but it's you know maybe we'll use it down the line for the matinee but it's just something that's relevant and it's happening right now um cool yeah i'm surprised i haven't done more hamilton stuff on there because that's kind of my other big thing hamilton and wrestling so um how you're yeah. two how, great tastes you're welcome here I was gonna say you, you are, are welcome here you're yeah. you're with your people yes it's, it's good. the kid the kid and i were doing a science project this morning, mm-hmm. while going back and forth with ten dual commandments, this oh, morning, so good, all this thing so was bad. happening so in good. my kitchen. So beautiful. yeah, you live a beautiful life. It's right there. sometimes. Right there. <laughs> well, I take moments of joy. Yeah. Oh no. There no. Was, this morning would be it. Yeah. There was. There yeah. Yeah. In the, yeah. In you, the meantime, yeah. winning. Devin, winning. you mm-hmm. saw my tweet the other day, right? About Jane. Me and Jane were writing hip hop together. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh yeah. I Jane did. at the slam poetry thing. Oh my god. There we go. Yeah, you got something great. you wanna that girl, that girl bring to the stage. Born slam poet. Nice. Born. She can do it. We'll introduce she you did. on the way. Yeah. Out. <laughs> so that's gonna be our show. You can find us on our new website, okigeek.com. Also on Twitter and Facebook at Okigeek Podcast. We'd still love to get some G- email from you. We've got a Gmail account, okigeekpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And Devin, start with you. Where can people find you on the World Wide Web? You can generally find me on the Twitterverse at Weva. That's W A U V V A. Josh? At Joshua Unruh. But I'm also going to remind you that I maintain a Patreon. Yes, and I'm do. going to remind you because just this morning I was writing Avengers Sailor Moon crossover fanfic yeah, for <laughs> that money, you guys. Yes. So Make that is patreon.com slash Joshua Unruh. All one word, just like the Twitter handle. U-N-R-U-H. Nikki. You can find me at Retro Robinson on Twitter, and I also run the Facebook page, so meet me there. And you can find me at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also, rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Rob Sturma, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Joshua Unruh. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on.